0: This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Factor. If you want to eat better this year and are looking for fast, healthy, restaurant-quality meals that are ready to eat and easy on your budget, Factor is the perfect solution. Sign and save right now by going to Factormeals.com forward slash TalkTV50 and use code TalkTV50 to get 50% off your order. That's code TalkTV50 at Factormeals.com forward slash TalkTV50 to get 50% off.
1: Hi, this is Alison Arngrim, alias Nellie Olson, and you're listening to TV Confidential. I had a dream that thrilled my soul. I dreamed that God had made us whole.
0: Ed Robertson along with our guest Pat Boone. Pat Boone, Boone, legendary singer and entertainer who recently marked his 70th year. In show business, Pat's latest album, Country Jubilee, available wherever music is sold. Pat Boone also has a new single called My Stupid Tattoo. We'll ask him about that a little later on in our conversation. Before we went to break, Pat started telling us a little known story about his 10-day tour of South Africa in 1960 at the height of his recording career and how he only agreed to perform in South Africa only after the government agreed to lift apartheid temporarily during the time he performed in that country. In
1: 1960, the South Africa lifted the policy of apartheid if I would come there and sing for concerts, and I only did it on that basis. And it was 10 years before any other artist sang throughout South Africa uh, because they didn't want to go there. Sinatra and the others didn't want to go because of apartheid. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't go, but they wanted me so mad badly to come and sing my hit songs that they lifted the policy of apartheid for me to come. And, of course, I've never talked about it uh, until now. It's okay. But then uh, on my radio, the, the TV show, I mean, we're back to TV. Uh, I had so many black artists on my TV show that uh, in the last, the third year, uh, toward the end of the third year, I'd, I'd already had Little Richard and, and Fats Domino and Sammy Davis and Johnny Mathis and, and, all the, and Ella and Nat and all these shows to the point where Chevrolet, the sponsor, was having problems in the South. Yeah. Because they we were having so many black artists on my show, and I was singing with them, we were having a ball doing it all. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and when Harry Belafonte called me on the phone, he was the biggest entertainer in the world, mm-hmm. but also becoming a civil rights, very vocal activist. And uh, he said, I like the way you, I've been watching your show. I like the way you treat your guests. And he was referring to all the black guests. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, do you want me to come on and sing some songs with you? And I said, of course, are you serious? And you know, I was like 23 then. And uh, I talked, I had a meeting with the uh, staff of my show and the, and the uh, advertising agency, Campbell Ewald and, and Chevrolet, <clears throat> and said, Harry Belafonte is going to come on. And, what? No, no, he's not. What? Well, we can't have him on. That. And then he said, "We were going to tell you, but Chevrolet has really got problems now because of the black artist you're having on your show, and so and not Harry Belafonte of all. So we're going to have to just thank him." And and I was so stunned; it took me a few minutes and finally interrupted the ongoing discussion. I said, "Wait a minute. Uh, the show is called Pat Boone's Chevy Showroom, isn't it?" Yes. I said, well, if Pat Boone has to say no to to Harry Belafonte, the biggest entertainer in the world, then it's not, I can't go on. You're going to have to get somebody else to take the show from here. And they said, wait a minute, you're going to walk off your show? Because I said, look, it's not just because of that. I was born in Jacksonville, Florida. I was raised in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm a son of the South. I know the problem. I'm well aware of the problem, but I'm not going to perpetuate it. And so I'm going to not continue to do the show. Well, they, they said, look, if we have him come on, will you guarantee and get him to guarantee as a gentleman there won't be any, you know, subtle civil rights? I said, look, I'm sure I can talk to Harry. He'll know just the fact that he and I are singing together, mm-hmm. having a ball with each other as friends and brothers is in all the statement we need to make. Yes, yeah, Chevrolet may get some complaints, but uh, but I'm, if it's going to be the Pat Boone show, then I'm going to have Harry Belafonte. They said, well, then okay, well, I'd like to say it happened, but uh, it was toward the end of that show of that season. yeah, uh, we already had our guests for the rest of the shows booked. Uh, we'd have had to cancel somebody, and Harry already had his commitments, so we never got it done. And I did quit the show, the half hour show, and went to the specials. Our specials
0: after that. Well, that is so, called uh, that. That is that is called leverage, Pat. I mean, that's that's un, that's understanding the. You, again, you're you're all 24 years old at the time, and that's understanding you had a certain amount of influence. The fact that your name was on it, and you were willing to walk the walk yeah. if, if you had to. Well, I would,
1: but I would like to say that it works. <laughs> <laughs> We, we didn't get Harry on the show. Yeah. It, but when I, when I took my stance with South Africa, when they asked me three times to come there they were offering me a lot of money, and I said, do you have a policy? I don't know how to pronounce it. Apartheid, okay. Uh, I can't tell you how to run your country, but, but and we have problems here still in the States. But if, if people have money and want to come hear me sing and see me sing in South Africa, and they can't come because of the, that, the color of their skin or whatever, then I just can't do it. You, you know, I just, uh, I have to pass. So that's when they came in behind closed doors. They said, if you as a gentleman will promise us you won't talk about it or publicize it, then the South, the government will suspend apartheid for your concerts. That was 1960. Nelson Mandela was still in prison. And I said, you mean anybody? What? Uh, yes, we, Your shows, and that people will know it, and anybody who wants to buy tickets can come. So I did, and we had death threats starting in Durban, South Africa, and then on to Johannesburg and up into Pretoria, and uh, and even into uh, southern Rhodesia. But we had we did our concerts in outdoor stadiums, and uh, and with no incidents. Mm-hmm. The one thing that scared me was in uh, Salisbury, and northern Rhodesia outdoors in a, in a soccer field we were on the stage in the center of the field with musicians and the blacks were back there was they could they were at the concerts but there were um, iron rails uh, separating the white from the black but they were still in the you know they could at the concert but i was doing a, a couple of big rhythmic gospel tunes including one of my hits everybody's going to have religion and glory everybody's going to be singing that story but going to have the whole time. Up, it was rhythmic and and fun, and people started pouring over those iron rails, mm-hmm. and they they came down and started mixing <laughs> with the audience. That you know, down below me, I was on a raised stage, mm-hmm. but they started, and everybody was standing and clapping, and the blacks just melted right in with them. And, uh, and I finished the show, but my musicians and I were scared, we're going to have a race riot, and we're going to be right here in the middle of it. Yeah. But instead, the music quelled every, all the resistance, uh, and we finished the show, and everybody went home peacefully, and it was reported in the paper the next day that it was the first day in months that there was no reported violence in, in uh, southern Rhodesia. Those were incidents in my life, and I didn't talk about it. I that was the, the deal. I was a, as a gentleman, I wouldn't talk about it til long, long later,
0: that they lifted apartheid, mm-hmm.
1: and then it fell back for another 10 years after I sang in, uh, to segre- un- non-segregated audiences in the cities of uh, South Africa. So these were things you. I did take a stand, and uh, and got away with it in those cases. But with Harry Belafonte, I've always been so sad that I never had him on my show.
0: Well, yeah, but it's if if I may use a baseball metaphor, you took a swing. Now it was yeah, now it in, in in a perfect story, you took a swing and you would have hit a double to right center field. But as it happened <laughs> it was it, it was it was a sw- it was a swing and the ball got Current caught or, or but but, but but yeah. it's better to take a swing than to be like a lot of ball players today that take a called third strike without moving the bat from their arms you know what i'm saying so yeah. you, you at least I, yeah, you did yeah. something
1: You're right and i again i haven't bragged about or talked about it i, I was astounded not too long about a year ago maybe 2 years ago I was going to the health club in about dark, mm-hmm. dusk. And as I was walking toward the entrance to the health club, a black Escalade rolled up, and uh, out came a guy that was leaving the gym, a black guy, got into his car, but he saw me as I was approaching. And as I started to pass the the car, I heard the voice say, Pat? Pat Boone? I said, yes. And, he, and Jamie Foxx popped up oh, inside wow. of the, uh, the limo. And he said, are you Pat? I said, Pat Boone. He said, let me ask you something. I've heard this. When you were doing your show, the Chevy show, years ago, I forget what year. And he asked me, I said, it was 59. Uh, when this happened, I knew what he was talking about. He said, you, you couldn't have Harry Belafonte on your show and you quit your show? I said, yeah. Why did you know? I don't talk about it. He says, well, I heard about it. And I just want to know. It, can I give you a hug? <laughs> <laughs> You know to do it now is one thing, but in '59, yeah, and, and you to leave your show
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: because you couldn't have Harry Belafonte, man. He said, and he hugged me again. And so, uh, you know, it just somehow the word gets out eventually. Uh, but you know, I was not making anything uh, thing of it. I promised I wouldn't.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but those things eventually you can talk about because they were things that were historical in a way.
0: Absolutely. And the curtain came down and Mandeli
1: was released, but that was not because I did my song, Mm -hmm. but I may may have contributed somewhat to the uh, thinking of the population because my movies and my songs were very popular.
0: Yeah, and when you lay your head down every night, you know you did the best you could, and that's all anyone can do.
1: Yeah, I just didn't become part of the problem. That Mm was my whole... My only really mission was, I know the problem, I regret the problem. I mean, my relationships with all my fellow performers, black, white, whatever, uh, gay, whatever, they're friends of mine. And, uh, and we sang and we performed together and we stand together.
0: Pat Boone is on the line with us. Pat Boone, the legendary singer, songwriter, actor, TV host, producer, author, humanitarian, all-around entertainer and... Philanthropist recently marked his 70th year in show business. Pat Boone duets, 13 live recordings, all pulled from the Pat Boone Chevy showroom, Pat's variety show on ABC from 1957 to 1960 and featuring Pat singing duets with Ella Fitzgerald, Count Basie, and many, many others. Pat Boone duets available wherever music is sold. Pat Boone has a brand new single out, just released in January 2024, called My Stupid Tattoo, My Stupid Tattoo, a humorous ode to those who got a tattoo and later came to regret it. My Stupid Tattoo, available wherever music is sold. Keep up with Pat Boone. You can follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, the Pat Boone channel on YouTube or patboone.com. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. One more item if you want to eat better this year. Our friends at Factor are the perfect solution. They have more than 35 pre-prepared, ready-to-heat and ready-to-eat, chef-crafted, restaurant-quality and dietitian approved meals that will make eating better, everyday fun and delicious and your weekly meal planning a whole lot easier with no prepping, no cooking and no cleanup necessary. Check it out yourself by going to factormeals.com forward slash TV50. Astra and I recently checked out some of Factors' keto selections, including their roasted tomato and feta cabotapi with broccoli and red peppers, and the garlic and herb-roasted mushrooms, while their three-bean chili with quinoa is just the right size for lunch. We also enjoyed their chocolate banana smoothies, which is just one of the many healthy and nutritious options for breakfast and midday bites that are ready to eat and, best of all, Less expensive than takeout. Sign and save right now by going to factormeals.com forward slash talk TV 50. Use promo code Talk TV 50 to get 50% off your order. That's code Talk TV 50 at factormeals.com forward slash Talk TV 50 to get 50% off. Hi, this is Shirley Jones, and you're listening to TV Confidential.
1: Say, what do I do with this stupid tattoo? A heart on my neck that says Susie.
0: Just very quickly, when Damon and David brought my stupid tattoo to you, what was it about the song that that made you decide to do it? Uh,
1: I cracked up laughing, and I've never had a tattoo and never will. And I, 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 think they're folly. I think they're foolish. In fact, I know biblically they are condemned in the Old Testament. God created us in His image, and He doesn't want His image mm-hmm. desecrated. that it but it is in the bible god doesn't like tattoos on his property and, and and people that he loves because in one way or another they are to reflect his image and so he doesn't want it you know with tattoos permanent tattoos women particularly but men either so i i've always thought it was stupid and uh, when i heard this song my stupid tattoo and i I, you know, the only I had to change a couple words, and they won't mind me telling you that uh, the original words were "this tat on my glute." <laughs> well, and then when my new girl Holly sees it, she's not too jolly to see my name on her glute uh, for Susie, and so I, I had to change those because I'm singing the song, and I didn't want me to be pictured as having it, or even the guy in my song on his naked glute. <laughs> <laughs> so, it on his neck, which yeah. is even money, more funny. Yeah, and so the tattoos on his uh, neck, and he looks like that. Uh, the, the original line was looked like uh, what is a chewed up lampshade, and that he was uh, Damon was trying to <laughs> make a comparison, which would have been very distasteful mm-hmm. to when people that have been uh, at other times uh, killed and mutilated and their skins used for things and so i i knew that i didn't want to have any oblique reference so i just said hey put the tattoo on his neck on my neck and uh, and then when holly she's really jo- quite jolly but uh, she's not jolly when she sees susie's name tattooed on my neck so i just thought every country performer has tattoos i don't think there's one exception some of them covered head to foot every arm every inch of <laughs> skin. And uh, and, uh, and even girls got to have their tattoos and sometimes in sort of suggestive places on their lower hips mm-hmm. and legs and thighs. And the, it's, it's, that has made me aware of some jokes I can't tell. But the one thing that did happen live on the Dave Letterman show, just before I recorded this song, was when Cher came on his show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's very forthcoming and... And outspoken uh, about anything. Yeah. So, he said, "I understand that you uh, you have a beautiful flower garden tattooed on your behind." <laughs> she said, "Yes, I do." And, she, and he said, "Well, can we see it?" <laughs> she said, "No." In effect, I'm not. going to drop my
0: trousers. Or, That's right. I said, no, you can't see it. She says, "Besides, I'm getting ready to
1: have them removed." He said, "Why?" She said, "They're wilting." <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha Mm-hmm. It means something only to you and some other woman, and you got to explain it to the one now that you really do want to impress. But that thing's already stamped into you like a, a young steer. You got to. Uh, uh, what am I trying to say?
0: Well, it goes back to why you shouldn't do something impulsive like tattoo the name of the girlfriend yeah. you're seeing right now when you when there's no guarantee you're going to be seeing her a year from now, but you still got her name on her on your neck. I'm just
1: forgetting the word which we all know what you do to a cow or a cat. Yes. <laughs> what's, it, what's it called? You take the piece of metal and you
0: brand. Brand.
1: Brand, yeah, you're branded. Yeah. yeah. Branded like a cow. That was what that was stupid tattoo. I I just thought it was so funny and timely and I just hope that my country music friends won't think I'm being too critical of them, but they ought to have a laugh about it along with me. And that's
0: and, and, that's and that embodies that's part of what embodies Pat Boone. You've never been afraid to laugh at yourself. <laughs>
1: right yeah or anybody
0: else or anybody else okay i'm watching the clock can i work in one more question yep yeah, sure okay you've been kind enough to you know, sing a few bars of some of your songs in the course of our conversation this brings to mind something one of your leading ladies once said barbara eden because barbara eden back in the day had a beautiful singing voice but she said she doesn't sing anymore cuz she didn't Practice it. and If you don't practice it, you'll lose the ability. Clearly, you still have the ability to sing.
1: Because I do practice it. I go upstairs uh, from time to time and sing along with some of my early records, the ones that were the hardest to sing and in keys that I, I would lower today. Mm-hmm. So I go ahead and sing them with the higher keys because just before my, I broke my hip recently, about two or three months ago, and I'm recovering, I had a concert scheduled at the Coach House in Santa Margarita, and uh, was going to sing all my songs, uh, in the original keys, of course, mm-hmm. and and uh, was ready to do the full show when all of a sudden I broke the femur, and I had to cancel that. Well, I've rescheduled uh, that. I am rescheduling the show. We haven't picked a date yet, but but I went on on TV with Huckabee to do my song Grits, and I was standing next to a, a microphone and my and my cane at my side, and then they had to roll me off, not roll me off but walk. <laughs> off the and so I'm still singing. Yeah, I can sing any of those songs in the original keys, and I'm amazed at it myself. But, uh, but I learned how to do it properly without too much training.
0: At this point, we had about a minute left in our conversation with Pat, but before we said goodbye, Pat shared one quick story about his friend, Elvis Presley.
1: Oh, I, the one thing about Elvis, the first meeting with Elvis, when he was uh, my opening act, he uh, had come up from Shreveport, Louisiana. He had one record, and it was a uh, a bluegrass song by uh, Bill Monroe. Blue moon of Kentucky, keep on shining. Well, that was not rock and roll, but that was the A side of his record. Mm-hmm. Bill Randall, the nation's number one DJ, wanted to see who he was. Who he was? RCA Victor had just signed him, and they were excited about him. So Elvis was there backstage when I came to the high school in it's called Brooklyn High School in Cleveland mm-hmm. I had two hit records from on March of that year my first record, Two Hearts, Two Kisses and then Ain't That a Shame and then Crazy Little Mama comes knock, knock, knocking, knocking at my front door, door, door and he, there's Elvis walks in with his two musicians and I said, hi Elvis Pat Boone, nice to meet you <laughs> I said, uh, Bill Randall thinks some big things may be ahead for you coming up, I don't know about that but I hope so <laughs> and he just leaned back against the wall, and his buddies closed in, and I could tell he was shy. He didn't want to talk anymore. And so he then he went out and sang Blue Moon in Kentucky, and the kids liked the way he looked, but they weren't knocked out with that bluegrass song that
0: mm. <laughs>
1: so he was singing. And then he said, so were anyway, i much like to do the rest of the record. Hope you like it. And that was, that's all right, Mama. That's all right with me. And uh, he liked, I mean, they loved that. I did, too. But that's all he had, so he left. I went out and sang my songs and got, got all the screens that night because just since then, later, a couple of years later, we were both renting homes in Bel Air, making movies together at 20th Century Fox, not together, separate studios, right. but at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so we got very close, you know, and two boys from Tennessee, me from Nashville, him from Memphis. And I brought up that night, I said, You seem so shy and so almost scared that night. He said, Well, I didn't know how to talk to you, man. What do you mean? <laughs> you were a star I said a star and I'd only been recording since March this was October <laughs> and he said yeah but you had three hit records I didn't know how to talk to you it just shows that he was then and continued to always be somewhat socially shy Yeah, in public you know, mm-hmm. that's why he always had his boys around him Even when he was married, Priscilla told us it was like living in a boy's dorm.
0: Pat Boone's new single, My Stupid Tattoo, is available wherever music is sold. You can follow Pat, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, the Pat Boone channel on YouTube or patboone.com. We'll be back with more TV Confidential right after this. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear...